Praise God and welcome to today's edition of Bible Platform. Friend, as long as we live, as, far, as long as God gives us life, let us continue to pursue the heavenly goal for which we have been called. Um, our prayer, our precious Lord, is that you will give us deeper revelation into your word, your ways and your will as we spend time together studying your holy word. In Jesus' name, I have prayed and called it done. Amen. Beloved, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He was buried. And on the third day, he rose and walked out of the tomb triumphantly. This signaled to us the triumphant life, the victorious life that we have been called to live. Indeed, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples, according to the Holy Scriptures. Before he ascended to heaven, he gave them an assignment that we generally describe as the Great Commission. Matthew 28. Let me read from Matthew 28, 19 and 20 contemporary English version of the Bible. It reads, Go to the people of all nations. Go to the people of all nations and make them disciples. Now theologians tell us that the word nations there is translated from the word ethos which means tribes or ethnic groups. So Jesus commanded us to go to all nations and make them disciples. Herein is the assignment, our job description. Then he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are to go, we are to baptize, and thirdly, and teach them to do everything I have told you, I have told you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. Now this simple but loaded instruction given by Jesus to the disciple rightly described as I said the great commission an assignment that is given to all believers for all times till the master comes salvation of lost souls my dear is at the center of Christ's redemptive work in other words Jesus did not die on the cross to make life easy for us we all desire to have life, an easy life. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus did not die on the cross to make life easy for us. So we spend all our lives chasing money and wealth and then dying off and here we are into heaven. Jesus gave us an assignment. Friends, the truth that we have to confront if we are to impact society is that the call to be a Christian comes with a cost. It comes with a cost. Now, let us reflect on some of the things that Jesus Christ himself said in relation to discipleship. And when we talk about discipleship, we are talking about following Jesus. A disciple is a learner. 
learning, imitating, and manifesting Jesus. In Matthew chapter 10, the verse is 34 to 39. Again, the contemporary English version. That's what I'm using for our study today. In Matthew chapter 10, verses 34 to 39, the scripture reads, Don't think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now, this is Jesus speaking. The Prince of Peace. This is not a contradiction. This is a revelation. An interpretation of the call and the cause for which Jesus came. As I read again, John 10, 34 to 39. Don't think that I came to bring peace to the earth. I came to bring trouble, not peace. I came to turn sons against their daughters against their mothers. Wow. Wow. And daughters-in-law against their mothers-in-law. Your worst enemy will be in your own family. Verse 37 of Matthew 10. If you love your father or mother or even your sons and daughters more than me, you are not fit to be my disciples. In other words, anything that you place above Christ, anything that you place, anyone that you place before Christ becomes your God. And that takes you out of the realm of discipleship. Then when you place yourself in that kind of, like what we are seeing and hearing today, money, money has become an issue. And we're going to look at that in our subsequent presentations. We're worshipping money, literally. Money is good. We need money to do all the things we are doing. But we can't put money ahead of God. And what Jesus is saying here basically is like, if, for instance, your father or your mother is, is, come, is um, placed before God, then what it means is that if they tell you to do something contrary to the word and will of God, if, they, if you say, oh, it's my mother, so whatever he says, so if my mother tells me to go after men, I'm a lady, you know, and my mother says, go after men and make money, so you go after men. Now, that contradicts the word of God. Now, when you take a stand, as a young lady, and you will not go by ill advice, no matter who it comes from, no matter the person's age or, or no matter what the, the person has done for you in the past. Now, then there will be a crisis. And that crisis is what Jesus is talking about. You can't afford to compromise for the sake of peace and say that you will do that which is wrong because your mother is telling you or your father is telling you. Jesus said at that point in time, there will be a split because you stand on the principle of truth and you are not willing to compromise that truth in pursuit of righteousness according to the call of God on your life and on my life. Now verse 38, it says, and unless you are willing, unless you are willing to take up your cross, unless you are willing to take up your cross and come after me, you are not fit to be my disciple. Saints, let's be honest with ourselves. Let's be honest with ourselves. What is the image of the cross 
like. And Jesus is being specific here. He said, unless you are willing, nobody should impose it on you. Christianity is not a religion of force. Whosoever will may come. God calls us to his love. And he calls us, not under law, but he calls us with love. Grace draws us. But when we come to him, we must be willing. There must be the willingness to take up the cross and follow him. Beloved, Jesus continued in verse 39. And this is what he says. And if you try to save your life, you will lose it. And if you try to save your life, you will lose it. Let me stress that I'm afraid Jesus did not <laughs> sound here like a motivational speaker at all. He did not sound like a motivational speaker. I mean, think about the things that I've just read. Bluntly telling us that we cannot be his disciples and at the same time we compromise his lordship in our lives for the sake of peace. He said it's not going to work. And then he proceeds and says if you are not willing to take up your cross. And the cross is a place of death. Death. He's not, taking, he's not talking about putting money in your bank account. He's not talking about giving you a breakthrough at every twist and turn. Yes, he had the capacity. Yes, he does that. But Jesus never put that on the table as the basis for, for us being disciples. Child of God, in this life, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. You can't dodge it. So if it's money you want, you got to work for it. You got to sweat for it. You don't sit in church every single minute of the day of the week, not doing nothing, and expect God to put money in your bank account. That's a marine spirit performance, not the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jesus said, if you are willing, we need to search our hearts and find, are we really willing to face the cross, to take up our cross. He didn't say, if you are willing to take up somebody's cross. He said, if you are willing to take up your cross. All of us go through one crisis or the other. No, everybody, everybody, including the so-called prophets who say they solve all problems. I bet you, let one of them stand up and say he has no problem. Everybody, as long as we live in this flesh, we go through crisis. We go through. But thank God for the Christ who cancels our crisis. And he is telling us that the basis for our identity as his disciples is our willingness to face the truth. Our willingness to pay the price for whatever we desire to achieve as his disciples. Life is not cheap because you, be, you become a Christian. In fact, sometimes it becomes even rougher. Because you see, as a child of God filled with his spirit, 
things that you normally would do and you have no conviction. When the Holy Spirit is there, it convicts us of sin. And so, we are not able to enjoy certain free buys, in quotes, through corruption, cheating, sting. We are held back by the Holy Spirit indwelling us. Praise God. Praise God. So you see, let me draw your attention to something. Jesus fed over 5,000 people. So we assume that the 5,000 and I said 5,000 and those that gave out the bread were the 12 disciples. Let's leave out he said 12,000 men, maybe let's leave out the other, let's work with the 5,000 and the, and the 12. So we have 5,000 and 12. So the 12 gave out free bread. The following day they came again. They want free bread. Jesus started a dialogue with them and he said, you did not even understand the miracle. And, and I bet many Christians today don't understand the word miracle. They, they interchange miracle with magic. You see, God gives us miracle when we are in a tight corner, when we are in a space and place where we are unable to help ourselves. Then he steps up. Let me remind you this. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God gave them free bread from, I mean, manna. And the moment they stepped into the promised land, the manna stopped. What does that tell us, Christians of today? What does that tell us? God will not do for us the things that we need to do for ourselves. Come on, let's wake up. Let's wake up and stop abusing this so-called gift of faith. And So, let me go back to what I was saying. 5,000. So, let's say Jesus had a membership of 5,012. And then the following day they came, they wanted to... uh, draw him into doing another miracle of free bread. And Jesus started a dialogue. And then the dialogue went this way. By the time the dialogue got to John 6, 64 to 66. Let me read that. John, John 4, 64 to 66. But some of you refuse to have faith in me, Jesus said. Jesus said this because from the beginning he knew who would have faith in him he also knew which one would betray him. Then Jesus said, You cannot come to me unless the Father makes you want to come. That is why I have told these things to all of you. Verse 46, John 6. Because of that, Jesus, because of what, excuse me, because of what Jesus said, Many of his disciples, and note the word many, many human beings don't like the truth. And it's always the majority who don't like the truth. Many of his disciples turned their backs on him and stopped following him. Now, the question here I want us to to consider is, what will you do if you lost 5,000 members of your church, assuming you are a church leader, or maybe you lose 5,000 friends because you are telling them the truth of the gospel. You come under pressure, hatred, everything. I mean, 
many of us might be tempted to change the message to compromise our standards, our principles, to accommodate this huge number. Because if you are a pastor, considering the fact that you are losing 5,000 members one day because of a message you preach, I'll tell you what. Before they get home, I, I know what's going to happen. You go, what's up to them? And probably sometimes we may even be apologetic for speaking the truth of the gospel. So now anything goes to the extent that you find comedians standing in the pulpit of a holy God, making fun of the of the gift of speaking in tongues. Pastors inviting comedians to come and make fun of the Holy Spirit's gift. And they sit and they listen with their congregation and they laugh. God have mercy on us. The truth always hurts. And I know somebody may be fuming right now. Fuming right now. But listen. Who cares? When the 5,000 left, Jesus Christ instead of chasing them and saying, I beg you, come back to church. I'm sorry for what I said. I'm, he said to them, he said to the remaining 12, listen to what he said. John 6, 67. Jesus then asked his 12 disciples if they were going to leave. Note this. He did not beg them. He did not ask them if they were going to stay, uh, if they were going to um, stay he did not change his message his only concern at that point was to be sure that the remaining 12 would stand and accept the truth of what he was preaching he was concerned whether they are for him or against him and he was so prepared to take the consequences if they, were, if they wanted to leave, he was prepared for an empty church. Oh, I love this scripture. So Jesus asked him, are you also going to go? In other words, I'm ready for anything. You can't make me change my message. You can't make me change my principles. You can't take me out of the light into the darkness. You can't, on the basis of the tithe you pay, the offering you give, hold me to ransom. So I preach what you want. I, 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 I tolerate your disloyalty, disrespect, and lack of appreciation for the things of God no I love you too much to allow you to mess yourself up so Jesus allowed them to go to go sometimes that is the best thing you can do for people who are standing up against truth they try Jesus because of what they want. 
you face them with the truth of the gospel. That life is more important than bread and butter. They said no. You face them with the truth of the gospel. That when you say you are born again, you must bear fruit that befits repentance. You can't continue living in sin and excusing it. Because God has redeemed you and empowered you to reflect his glory on the earth. Where you are weak, he has promised he will strengthen you in your inner man. And all God is saying is yield. And the life you cannot live, my spirit will live that life through you. So what's your problem? Beloved, what's your problem? What's your problem? We have a chart to keep. We have an assignment to execute. And I'll tell you what. Enough of craving to hear what God would do for us. And it is time to turn the corner. It is time to answer the call to be spiritually productive. We'll be sitting in church for too long. God give me. 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 So he, I want God, I want you to give me a job. So God gives me a job. God, I want you to give me a car. I want God, I want God, I want God. And all the time, the blood is speaking. The power of the Holy Spirit is waiting. Souls are dying. And all we care about is ourselves and ourselves alone and that's why it's very easy these days to hear people say well i've been going to church all this time and what i'm believing for i haven't got and you see you got wrong there the church is not a shrine get this straight the church is not a shrine where you go to a fetish priest and 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 he conjures things for you is you know, the, the church, when we talk about the church, seriously, we are talking about the people who have been called out. The chapel that the people congregate is a place of worship and a place of empowerment. So we go to church to be empowered. We go to church to worship. We go to church to get a corporate anointing so that when we go out individually, we witness. He said, go. Go. So when we come out, out of the chapel, the assignment to go has begun. Can I ask you, how many souls have you left to Christ? Have you led, seriously speaking, to Christ since you were born again? Are many Christians who shy away from this? And I know this is not the kind of gospel you want to hear, but this is the true gospel. The resurrection comes with an assignment. Go. And when you go, don't go chasing bread all day long, money all day long. Make disciples. Make them. You have the capacity. You have the creative power to make disciples. I'm not talking about just inviting people to church. And, and now we do a lot of spiritual recycling. What I call spiritual recycling. Stealing people from churches. Come to my church. And pulling people away. So Souls are seriously speaking. Souls, less souls are being worn. What is happening is that we're moving people crisscross rhythm. 
from one church to another. I mean, my church is better than his church. Come to my church. And that's not what we're called to do. We've been called to go and make disciples. And making disciples followers. Make them follow. How can you make somebody a follower when you yourself fall too short of the standard of a follower? You have no cross. You run away from the cross. You don't carry nothing. And Jesus said, unless you are willing to follow, take up your cross and follow me. You don't follow me empty-handed. You don't follow me as a baby Christian, two years, three years, four years, five years, ten years in the church. You're still crying for milk. You got it wrong. And today, my assignment is to call you to that place of a true disciple where you keep the charge to go. I say this with pain that one of the many reasons that those have been led astray is our loud silence and self-centeredness. Loud silence and self-centeredness. Beloved, we are, we are safe to save. And until we change, nothing will change. At best, the changes that we continue to see will be skewed towards the production of children of darkness. And God will hold us responsible for every soul that slips through our fingers. This is a wake-up call. And if you haven't got me yet, let me stress that life is not about you alone. You are bigger than that. Satan can never destroy what God is using. So instead of wasting your time, running around, who is following me? And they said this. Listen, if you are a Christian, don't be surprised that uh, demons are attacking you and they will continue to attack you. Why? You are their enemy. So this is not breaking news. As somebody sees you and says, I see something following you and then you you go you run at a skater and you go wild. No. David said, David said, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you can't dodge it. You can confront it. It's a year though, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, which I cannot, in, in other words, which I cannot escape. I shall fear no evil. Friend, let's raise up the game. Let's lift up our game. Let's come to that level where we accept that what Jesus has said will manifest. And that is what we are seeing. He said there will be increase in knowledge. There will be increase in evil. There will be many false prophets. And they will deceive many. Matthew 24. Is that many, many? <laughs> there will be many. So, don't waste your time going around fighting other Christians and other, other faiths. Go make disciples. Simple. Preach the gospel. Call people into a saving knowledge 
of God. Get that conviction and accept the fact that there is no way you can live this life meaningfully without walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And sometimes, my friend, you don't walk through it once. Sometimes you walk through it and you come out of it. And before you know, you are back in there. But for every single time and season that you walk through it, you come out stronger, you come out more informed, you come out more empowered. And once you get to that point where you can say with David, yes, the crisis may come, but I shall fear no evil. The reason I shall fear no evil, David said, for thou art with me. Jesus says, if you will go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of I will be with you all the time. That seals the deal. That seals the deal. What am I saying? God wants you to be a blessing. God does not want you to be a burden. Always complaining and whining and, and I want this and having God. You, 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 you are killing yourself. You are dying before your actual death. You are making the death and resurrection of Christ of no avail. Release your spirit. When Jesus rose from the dead, he approached the disciples. I love what he said. He said, rejoice. 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 And can I say to somebody with all the passion and, and, and with all the authority at my disposal, you are not meant to be eating the bread of sorrow. If you've been there for so long, probably it's because you have not, you have not gone out in pursuit of the divine agenda to bring souls to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You are you and everything is about you. Take this away with you. You have been chosen for a time like this. To show forth the glory of God. And the only way that manifestation will be made evident is by you saying, Yes, Lord, I will go. No matter how many people leave me, no matter the opposition, show me your way. Empower me. And give me the faith to rise and to shine. May heaven bless you and give you peace as you go and bring in the harvest to the glory of his wonderful name. He rose that we might go. God bless you. Your friend Pastor Ansimetal saying bye for now. God willing come your way again next week with another edition of Bible Platform. I love you much. Bye.